What's up, Lint Lucid Podcast fans? This is Jared here with another episode of the show. This week we're recording live from the Mile High and on the other line with Jared Mursky in Seattle, Washington. Jared Mursky is the CEO and founder of Wick and Mortar, a cannabis marketing and branding agency. So stay tuned to find out why branding is important for your business and also a little bit more about how Jared got started, what he's doing. Check it. What's up, everybody? This is the Lit and Lucid podcast. We're here recording live with Jared Mursky. Uh, he is FaceTiming us in Seattle, Washington. What's up, Jared? What's up, Lit and Lucid? <laughs> this up, is man? so cool. <laughs> so we've kind of had an Instagram crush on you probably for quite some time. So um, when we kind of randomly connected with you on LinkedIn and Instagram. We're like, all right, we're just going to go for it and see if he wants to be on the show. So we really appreciate you for coming out. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on here. I'm super stoked to be your your Instagram crush. Just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to hearing some of your insightful thoughts into you know what it is I like to talk about. For sure. So for everybody who doesn't know Jared Mursky, uh, he is the founder of Wick and Mortar. They're specializing in cannabis branding and marketing in Seattle, Washington. He grew up in Monroe, Washington, um, and during that time, he kind of watched his dad and his entrepreneurial spirit as he ran Gold's Gym over in California. He had a couple of gyms out there. So after that, Jared, you know, decided to branch out on his own using his own creative uh, mindset and decided to start like a branding and marketing company himself. That was back in 2009 when he started online marijuana design. And he was just specializing in helping companies grow and distribute products, specializing in the cannabis industry as well. He has since then been featured on CNN, Leaf Fly, and Dope Magazine. And then most recently, in the last year and a half, they switched over to Wick and Mortar. So that's how you would know the content agency now. Uh, but he's doing some really amazing things in Washington and all across the United States in terms of branding and marketing, uh, particularly in the cannabis industry with his expertise in that subject. So he's been helping a lot of really amazing companies kind of realizing their dreams and branding correctly for the market today. So we're super excited to learn more about that. Um, I know Jared and I have been dappling a little bit in marketing and content creation and things of that nature. So we're really excited to learn more. Cool. This is going to get interesting with two Jareds on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Different spellings, though. Cool. Well, you know, from my end, welcome to the show, man. Um, you know, look up to you a lot. You know, respect what you do. Um, so huge shout out to yourself, you know, and give yourself a pat on the back for, you know, really being somebody that I think a lot of people even beyond us look up to. So mm-hmm. um, and to our listeners and the fans out there, if you don't know him, you know, check him out. Uh, really some great stuff he puts out now for cannabis marketing, branding, and really for the industry as a whole. So... You know, respect the hustle, all that that goes along with it. So, appreciate really, that. I'll kind of. So, what we want to do, kind of, absolutely, love. man. Yeah, we hear it. So, what we kind of want to do today, though, is kind of dive into that hustle of yours and kind of find out, you know, from the ground up, how did you get there? You know, let the listeners know, you know, that you know they can follow their dreams and, and kind of start somewhere and get going. And that's kind of what we want to give them some uh, some premise from from your background and how to get going and. Where do you start with all these crazy ideas and where do you start with your passions and how do you end up to where, you know, somebody like yourself said? You know, the first thing was that I, I just had a hard time working for anyone. I just felt like it was too challenging for me to take direction from someone who wasn't doing it right, right? Because we all think that that's, uh, you know, the case oftentimes when we're working for someone, we always feel like we can do it better. But I think for me, 
it was really the fact that I just never was doing anything that I was passionate about. You know, yeah, I went and moved to San Diego to go work for my dad at um, one of his gyms there and another one in Orange County for a, a short stint. Um, but ultimately, it just wasn't what I was passionate about. And, you know, I started promoting some nightclubs and, um, you know, it was weird. My, my partner and I, my business partner and I, we were promoting probably about, you know, f- five clubs a week for like three years straight. So we were just killing it. Yeah. And um, it got to a point where we were spending like $3,500 a month on graphic design. And that was when I was like, shoot, you know, this is, I feel like I could get into this, this, this design thing. And so you know, I never went to college for design. I've never been to college. You know, I, I just figured I would uh, download Photoshop and start learning how to use it. And I did, and I fell in love with it, and my work was absolutely terrible at first. <laughs> but, you know, like anything, uh, you get better, especially when you, you know, you, you, you find a passion for something. And that's really what I became passionate about was, was design. Now, I quickly learned that um, the design world in the nightlife industry wasn't very uh, profitable. You know, trying to build a business around that because ultimately that's what happened. I, I, I got out of nightclub promoting because all of these nightclub pro- promoters and these um, uh, nightclubs were asking me to do some design work for them. And uh, it got to a point where I was started making more money doing that than I was promoting. And um, that was when I had, uh, you know, started to realize that I had something, a, a skill. And through the nightlife industry, I started working with some dispensary owners because that was when marijuana had become uh, you know medicinally legal this was back in like 2008 yeah 2008 because 2009 was when I actually started you know online marijuana design um, so in 2008 uh, I started working with some dispensaries and it was then that I had realized that I wanted to fully immerse myself in what I thought would become an industry um, given the fact that design in the space didn't really exist. Uh, it was pretty ugly and it still is in a lot of places, even in today's world. And so, uh, you know, I am constantly striving to bring great brands to the forefront of the industry from a medical and recreational perspective. Um, but, you know, again, when I started, uh, you know, 10 years ago, you know, cultivators, they didn't want to be branded. It was pretty much just dispensaries. You know, their cultivators remained in the shadows. They were still bringing weed to dispensaries and duffel bags. Right. It's it's insane how much it's changed since then. I remember a time where I would get paid half in weed, half in cash. It was pretty awesome. That's crazy. But I definitely like the regulated market more. I, 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 I love the fact that I can just receive a wire right into my bank account. Right. You know, be able to trick. Be able to trace all these transactions. It's good. <laughs> and that's even crazy, too, because, I mean, before that would have been obviously illegal and somebody could track it. And so that's a huge change just that you've been through. So that's cool. Right. Yeah, you know, I was literally surprised when uh, Wells Fargo <laughs> allowed me to open up a bank account with them under online marijuana design. You're like, <laughs> I haven't had, I've had so many friends have their accounts messed with um, through Wells Fargo, Chase, just for like, just for simple stuff like that. But, for some reason, I did not get messed with. And, yeah, to this day, I still have the account open in there. Yeah, Wells Fargo is the way to go. I'm telling yeah, you. I keep yeah, saying sure. that. 
I had to go with Wells Fargo recently too because I had one shut down. U.S. Bank does not mess around. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo <laughs> got the plug in for the day, so we're good. Yep. <laughs> cool. So, are you a cannabis consumer yourself? What was the appeal with cannabis? I mean, I'll be honest. I totally fibbed on getting on getting my green card. You know, I yeah, I've got back problems and I have a hard time sleeping and yada you know thing. But not at all severe. You know, I'm totally a recreational user, um, but I'm also a medicinal user now more than I was then. I'd say I know myself more now than I did then. And so I see the benefits that cannabis and CBD uh, bring me because, you know, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place to some level or degree. You know, I've got a lot of stuff going on over here and um, a lot of clients we're working with and a lot of growth happening internally and and so, you know, my ADD has worked to my benefit, but there are times where sometimes I just need to, like, chill. Right. You know? And when I get home, if I don't smoke a bowl, I won't chill. I'll just keep working and working <laughs> right. and working. But again, you know, that's, I am passionate about what I do, and I think that differentiates me from a lot of people who aren't really willing to do what it takes to get to where you want to be. And I think Gary Vaynerchuk does a great job of talking a lot about... Uh, self-empowerment, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it really Absolutely. is. Yeah, you could have all the greatest ideas in the world, but it's actually doing it that makes a difference. If you get out and do it. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's understanding the ecosystem of things and the optics of it all and, you know, people and relationships and, you know, there are, there are a number of components. Not, it's not made for everyone, but I think everyone should give it a shot. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what drives you? I mean, you obviously probably came across, you know, cannabis as an opportunity. So, I mean, any entrepreneur looks at opportunity and takes advantage of it. But, like, what's your long-term goals or something in mind that you're shooting for? Or, you know, what way you wake up every day to struggle sometimes, you know, what pushes you through? You know, I wouldn't even say it's all a struggle. I actually really enjoy waking up and coming into the office. I mean, it's we have a lot of fun here, and I get to hang out with all the people that I love. I mean, they're great. It's like hanging out with your friends all yeah. day long. And getting to design cool shit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and building strategies around it and like, you know, just dicking around and just making jokes and having fun. I mean, it doesn't at all feel like work, especially because we're all working towards the same goals, right? And I think, you know, given that we are an ancillary business in the cannabis industry, we are one of maybe five or six that actually get to... Uh, you know, work with all types of businesses within the space. Mm-hmm. You know, the others are maybe like insurance, law, uh, consulting. Um, I mean, things that aren't really fun. Right. And, and for branding and marketing, it's a lot more fun because it's far more creative. And it tends to be the thing that most business owners gravitate towards. And so that's cool because it gives us the opportunity to spend time with business owners care a lot about what it is they're creating or building mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's very true so what is your uh, do you have like a favorite brand or project you've worked on throughout the years mm, gosh they're all like my babies you know? <laughs> all of them yeah so do yeah. a lot of people come to you like from the ground up with nothing or you kind of help create it for them no i mean we we usually bring them from uh you know spark to inception to completion you know we're with a full meal deal, so to speak, you know, we uh, will go through the entire process from ideation, you know, to, 
you know, coming up with the personality for your company to, uh, you know, going through that name discovery and identifying what's going to make the most sense on a rational and emotional level, um, you know, uh, coming up with a logo design, you know, and establishing, you know, a, a logo that distills all of the values that you want your company to project onto your customers or your, your strategic partners or whatever, or whatever, the, whatever your business may be. You know, and then go into brand strategy, um, you know, define your position, help you articulate your story in a number of forms um, so that you can say the same thing, you know, across multiple touch points, but in, in different ways. Um, you know, it's really creating continuity and consistency, you know, between everything and making sure that the messaging is on point. Uh, just really setting these businesses up for success uh, because, again, a lot of them fail before they start because they don't understand the branding process. If they understood the process and how to um, develop the framework as a way of approaching um, you know, the cannabis industry, it would become much more evident as to the directions they need to take from a strategic perspective when they've got you know, that brand strategy already mapped out, right? It's like being a designer and having to think while you're designing, well, you end up spending more time thinking than you do Designing. I mean, you ever had that time where you just sit in front of your computer and go, shit, what the hell am I trying to make? Yeah. But if you had a brand strategy already created, you handed that off to a designer, the designer would be like, oh, I know exactly what I need to make. Mm-hmm. So it's, it be, makes you far more efficient in the decisions that you make, but makes the decisions that you make far more in line with the overall goal of the company and certainly in line with and on brand. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. So there's a lot of companies with cannabis in the name, and um, I mean, even what I try to do is is try to you know reduce the stigma and and kind of make cannabis more of a normalized thing. So even well, you changed your brain or your brand to Wick and Mortar from online cannabis design. Do you think there's kind of a migration away from the word cannabis with some of the there, brands? Or there is, and I think there's a clear point to be made here. Mm-hmm. Online marijuana design, I knew at the time, was not creative. So. I chose it primarily because at the time, search queries, when it came to um, finding a domain name or a website, that was important for Google. So online marijuana design from an SEO perspective just made made sense. But more importantly, when I started, the cannabis industry wasn't an industry at all. I was trying to let people know that, hey, I'm a designer and (laughs) I want to design specifically stuff for cannabis. So, hey, here I am. Um, online marijuana design, like I'm online, mm-hmm. I do marijuana design, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, it's got to be super obvious. And um, and so that was why I chose that name. So and I feel like as an ancillary business, it's maybe a little bit okay to have some um, hint of, of cannabis in your name, especially if like you're a museum, right? Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, just something more practical like that. So for an ancillary business, I think it's, uh, it's uh, less of a pain point as it is for, um, you know, uh, cultivators and retailers. You know, I think living in the world of discreteness is, is operable because most people tend to feel like it's a safer environment when you're not promoting weed. People know it's a pot shop based on signage and a number of other things, I'm sure, mm-hmm. it's not like it needs to be screamed across the land. Right. Uh, and it's, it's not nearly as effective either. I mean, from a searchability perspective, 
you trying to find a name that sounds the same as everyone else doesn't really differentiate you. In fact, chances are from a legal perspective, you're probably not going to be able to even obtain the name because it's legally considered uh, confusingly similar, Mm -hmm. which is a legal term when creating something like that that is the very same or similar to something else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's oh, I think that was a good no. answer. I mean, yeah. I've never even thought about it in that Me point either. either. I mean, that's that's excellent, honestly. So really, somebody would have to take a real hard look at who am I trying to target? What am I trying to put out there? If I'm trying to put a product out there to the general consumer, maybe not the best thing to have cannabis, you know, plastered all over it. But if I'm, you know, like you, you're working at kind of in B2B and you're kind of focused on SEO, that'd be, that's a smart-ass move. I've never even thought about that. But that's where I, I really love that answer because it could go both ways now. And so I think that just puts it back in the court of people just have to sit down and like think about what's your end game with this. And should you have marijuana? Because I think there's some instances where it does make sense or cannabis. or And there's some instances where it doesn't really need to be in the name because you know what the product is. But then on the flip side, is that like restricting some of these companies like cannabis marketing agencies? Like, okay, so now are you restricting any other kind of business from doing business with you? Because obviously you're just specifically marketing towards cannabis people. Well, and you also you also have to be mindful of you know banking regulations too, and uh, you know uh, things of that nature. If you're trying to go and get a loan and you're a cannabis company, it's probably not the best idea to come in there, guns blazing with marijuana in your name. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure how Wells Fargo accepted us into their banking system, <laughs> but they did. Right. That's how I felt when I I registered. I was like, I'm Green Love Denver, and they're like, What's that? And it's like we teach yoga. Like, you don't need to worry about it. Don't you worry. <laughs> Come take my class. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You're going to love it. <laughs> so maybe since we've never had anybody on the show from Washington and we don't really know a lot about the Washington market, um, I don't know, have you been to Colorado so you can maybe talk about the juxtaposition between the two or something like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Colorado is obviously vertically integrated. Washington is not. Um, you know, Washington, you have to have separate licenses, one to grow, uh, one to retail. You can't not, you cannot have, you can't be a retailer and a grower you, so that there is no way to obtain both licenses as, as a pair because you can monopolize, you know, uh, you know, areas or parts of the industry. And so as far as Washington state goes, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, gosh, well, Washington, because it's not vertically integrated, it's extremely brand centric. So you're going to find that it is vastly competitive um, from a branding perspective. And so the brands here are far more mature than I would say the identities of those that are in Colorado. Now I've been to Colorado um, because I have clients there and there are some pretty awesome brands there and we've created some of them. But um, when compared to Washington and it's not at all because I live here because I love Colorado and I love California and I love, I love every state that there's weed in, you know, um, but uh, Washington, as far as brand diversity goes and um, maturity level is, you know, just light years past, I think, any state that I've seen. And it's because it's, you know, recreational. Um, and again, because of the lack of vertical integration, it's people have had to uh, spruce up their brands and, and get real competitive with respect to the aesthetic because of that. Interesting. Um, and then, uh, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of stuff. I mean, from 
recreational to medical, I mean, there are a number of different things. For example, um, you know, like California, you have to have a distributor in order to deliver product from the manuf- from the grower to the retailer or dispensary. Mm-hmm. As we're in Washington State, these, these growers are literally sending their own people and their own fleet vehicles from one end of the state to the other just to drop it off at the dispensary. I mean, yeah. it's uh, they're definitely making the trek. Yeah. That's how it's it's very, yeah, it's very similar to here. I've, I've unfortunately made some of those painful trips myself, so <laughs> <laughs> no fun there. But I do like that there's brand differentiation. Um, how do you think companies are coming around to actually branding in general? Are they more open to it? Because there's still some, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Colorado, I can tell you that. There's a lot of companies where you see people on, like, paint shop making logos, and yeah, you just kind of cringe, and nothing <laughs> matches up, and you're like, how are these people in business? How do they not understand marketing, branding? Well, Has it been the kind of the same transition in Washington, and how's the kind of the climate now? You know, state-of-the-art facilities and these quarter-million-dollar extraction machines, but they'll go super cheap mm-hmm. on the branding. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going on Fiverr for my logo. <laughs> Fucking really? Yeah, like <laughs> really? at the cost. This is the like, one thing that your customers are going to see. This is the first impression they're going to have. You think weed sells itself? I don't think so. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally true for sure. Yeah, I've you seen know, it with a lot spend too. Spend the money. It's worth it because, um, you know, I'll be honest. We should probably be charging way more money than we do, but we're not because we don't feel like these cultivators are really well positioned yet and because primarily primarily because you know each state's regulations are still a little bit convoluted and contradicting and you know really confusing in fact i call them the three c's oh yeah Yeah. i saw that that was cool yeah yeah Um, it makes your job harder because you have to know that you have to know what not to do because i can almost guarantee you a lot of these owners and operators aren't even as privy to the rules as you you are I can, I can guarantee that, actually. There's a lot that don't even understand the rules, so that's why well, you're we do professional. Have, we have to be a master of compliance, and the only thing that's allowed me to be able to stay up to date is the fact that as every state has came online, I've been able to learn at my own pace. And so it hasn't been me jumping into a time now where I'm like, okay, shit, i got to figure out what each and every state is doing and how it's done differently. Right. Now I can go and look at a state and go, you know what, I have a feeling I know exactly what they're going to do based on what this state's done, what this state's done, what this state's done. I can look at the, I can just, I, it's just easy for me to forecast. Right. So I'm like a little fortune, I'm like a little fortune teller for my clients. Yeah, then that's super valuable for them, you know. I mean, you've been in it since 2008, 2009 before there was anything there. So that's, that's very valuable. Because we talked to some marketing friends here in Colorado and like sometimes it's like, oh, there's these new rules in California and now we have to post differently and it's like super stressful and like you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it's, I mean, there there are a lot of crazy rules surrounding, you know, how to use Instagram, Facebook, and really just developing an omnipresent, um, you know, uh, brand awareness campaign. Yeah, absolutely. So, what would be kind of like your pitch to businesses as to why they need a branding or marketing agency on their side? Well, not one person can accomplish all the things you need in order to make a brand function as an ecosystem. Trying to create that in a silo makes it very difficult to ensure that the message you're looking to create and convey is seen by many versus your own and perhaps the one that created it for you. Because again, the brand is the promise that you make to your customers. It's not the logo or the name of your company. 
these are what strengthen your brand, but the brand is an ecosystem. And, you know, when really looking at the smartest way to bring a brand to market, you have to remember that um, because there are so many components involved that each one needs its own strategy. And remembering that when compiling all of these strategies, um, as you go through the identity building process, it's important to make sure that you understand that this is going <clears> to <throat> guide you through areas of your business where you're most uncomfortable. For a lot of people, especially those that are investors or more number focused or operationals driven and again, less creative, this is going to help them navigate their business from a creative perspective. Because again, the last thing we want business owners to do is not know how to manage or run their own brand. And so all of these things that we do and that are done live to exist solely to make your life easy. It shouldn't be difficult to run your company from a branding perspective if you've got everything laid out. It's almost like walking into your closet and seeing everything color-coded and going, oh yeah, I know exactly what I'm wearing today. Right. That, that, and that. Versus seeing everything scattered on the floor, trying to figure out what pair of where your shoes are at. Okay, there's one of my shoes. There's another one over there. I'm just trying to make sense of everything, Yeah. right? It's just really hard. I think a lot of people can um, visualize what I'm sharing because I think most of us can relate to having a, a clean closet at one point and, and, well, all of our clothes on the floor at another. So I think that's, that's primarily the message is that I think that focusing on building the right foundation first and foremost is going to help you become the most successful moving forward no matter how slow you want to take it. Don't invest. Don't polish a turd. You know, if you've come up with a shitty name and you have a shitty logo and you know it and you're not passionate about it, quit dumping money into it. You're not going to be excited about it. It's all going to be just about the money. Mm-hmm. And so take a step back and breathe and figure out what it is that you really want to do and do it and make it that thing that you you want to do every day and you want to wake up to like I like I feel like I get to do with wick and mortar that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's, that's awesome. awesome that was a nice little fitting advice for really anybody out there right that's cool yeah exactly cool we're good cool well, cool. well let's wrap it up here we'll end with one final kind of fun question what's your favorite strain Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm one of those guys that doesn't really track strains much because I'm so I, I bounce you know, from brand to brand, um, just because I'm always trying to try something new. And I'll be honest, I get so much free stuff from a lot of the people that I surround myself with. So, uh, you know, and I'm also not like a, you know, a pot snob. I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to smoke that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll hit that. We're going to take yeah, that right. either way. I'll take that for sure. You know, uh, <laughs> you know but, uh, but um, I do like Chernobyl. I like lavender. Mm-hmm. Um, Lavender sounds Lavender good. Sounds nice, yeah. had that. I like that. Yeah, it's really it's that's a really good smell. Uh, gosh, what else? Cinex is good. It's mm, a new one too. There we go. Do you prefer like joints or? Uh, oh, I pins? love joints. Oh yeah, I love joints. I love dabs. I can I could dab all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. A dab will do you. Yeah, that's where all that creativity dab, comes from. First dab I took destroyed me. I had to ask everyone to leave my apartment. <laughs> that's great. Likewise, don't worry. Well, we Likewise. won't keep you here since we know you guys have Hemp Fest in Seattle right now with Dope Meg, and we should have been there with you right now, just sitting here recording the podcast instead of via the internet. So that's our bad. 
Uh, but we really appreciate you talking to us. Like, seriously, like, you're a big inspiration to a lot of people out here in Colorado. Awesome. I appreciate that. So keep doing what you're doing, and we appreciate the time. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. And with that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Creative and Design. YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs. YooHoo, helping your company become who you need to be. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at yoohoocreative at gmail.com.